On the Riabu podcast today, we are looking for your story. We're looking for your story of how difficult it has been for you to get paid on your invoices. You all know that story. You're a business owner. Maybe you're in the finance department. You've sent your invoice for work delivered or products su supplied, and then the customer doesn't pay. Well, one strategy that you might have employed or heard of being employed is doing a sit-in, where you actually then tramp along to the customer's office and refuse to leave. Simon Littlewood, on occasion, you hear some very extreme type of sit-in measures that people have undertaken in the past. Yes. I mean, I want to make it very clear that as an expert in helping companies of all sizes get paid on time, I do not in any way advocate this particular approach. But 30 years ago, shortly after I first arrived in Singapore to help a number of multinationals improve their accounts receivable, uh, I did in fact get into a taxi where once I said what I what it was I did, the taxi driver said, oh yes, my, my brother and I do something very similar. We have clients who haven't been paid and we go around uh, to the customer's office, uh, usually an office full of, full, of, full of women doing accounting tasks, and we disrobe and refuse to leave until the payment is made. Um, he, he said it was a very successful strategy, so take that. <laughs> disrobe, uh, that's a word I haven't heard in a long time. Well, I'm, try, I'm trying to make this appropriate for, the, for, an, for an adult audience. Uh, yes, yeah, a, a family show. Well, Obviously, you know, going to the customer's office is um, is quite uh, quite bold because clearly that just begs for confrontation. But sometimes, when you're really frustrated, you can be forgiven for wanting to throw down the gauntlet, march on down there, and not uh, ref you know not leave until you've gotten the check. That's also been the experience of our guest on this podcast today. He's somebody very well known in Singapore for being in the media, writing about the media. He spent 10 years as editor of the new paper in the 1990s and followed up by uh, being the editor-in-chief of the Today paper, also a daily tabloid, which um, was a particularly successful publication of uh, Media Corp. Now, Balji, welcome to the show. Since then, of course, you uh, became a media consultant and you also started public relations firms. And I think it was in the context of one of those uh, companies, one of those engagements, that you've also had a particularly poor experience with a customer. Yes, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a, I would say it was also a bit of a painful experience, but not as dramatic as uh, the, the, the other guy said. I didn't go and uh, disrobe myself. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm not sure if I disrobe myself uh, they will. The women folk will see me as a type of a male personality that should disrobe. So anyway, so I didn't disrobe, but I did go into this uh, company, which is uh, 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 just to give you a bit of a backstory. The the company uh, we had worked for for a pro, uh, on a project, and uh, it was a successful project, and uh, so we sent in our invoice. No, after about two weeks, no response. After another two weeks, no response. And I think we tried a few times and uh, no response, not even saying that, oh, we will, we will, we are sending it to you. We are sending the check to you. So I got a bit, uh, and, and I'm putting it a bit mildly here, I got a bit upset. And I've always felt that nobody should treat your the people who work under you not just under you but even your spouses your children in such kind of a demeaning way so i decided that i will go there i will sit there and i will not move until i'm paid and uh, 
So I told the receptionist, I'm here to collect, please tell so-and-so. And I waited, and I waited maybe about an hour. Then the check came. So I thanked the girl, and I left. So that's a, a very, very short, it's a very short story. Uh, but but the point I really want to make here is that, you know, uh, we are all human beings. We all live in this world, but we should never treat anybody like this, you know. Yes, not, and yet not, unfortunately, not keep them waiting. You know? Indeed, keep them waiting for an hour. You must have also wondered how long do I need to sit here before that check will come? Yeah, I told myself I will sit here. They have to leave the office, right? At some they point, they'll close, need to go home. Yes, yeah, they have to close the office, right? So I timed it in such a way that I went there about three thirty, four. So they have to go back home. And they you got paid in full. Yes. You got paid in full or did they fob you yes, off with a in full, payment? In full. In full. And yeah. did, did, did your customer actually come out and talk to you or did it nope, was it just he didn't. He didn't. Which then tells me the kind of person he is. And then and then you didn't obviously do any more business with him after that. Uh not that even if I was given business I wouldn't do, but uh, he also didn't approach me for business. Yes. Sometimes, uh, sometimes it is a case of good riddance, right? It's better to say sayonara yep. to a customer yep. rather than yep. continue to be uh, yep. charity. Yeah, uh, I think it's also important. Uh, the other, the other factor is also important to to show your staff, you know, that you uh, you cannot uh, be treated, not just me, but the company people who are working in uh, public relations. You cannot be treated this way. So that's why I had to make a clear stand. Yes. Simon, in your work with companies, you must have come across this sort of story many, many times. Yes. I mean, I, it, I just have a couple of things to say. First of all, what, what you're saying is absolutely brilliant because if you, if you look at our book, uh, we have a number of referees in there. These are, these are companies that we've worked with in the past who speak to the effectiveness of our methodology. And what they all say is the personal involvement and the personal commitment of the leadership is absolutely critical in getting paid on time. So, so I'm just coming to what you said at the end there, your, your readiness to actually go there and front your customer uh, is absolutely critical. Uh, it's not always we learned because the customer is being recalcitrant. Sometimes if it's a very big organization, you meet the customer and he says he doesn't even know that you haven't been paid. So it's not always, you know, quite so, quite so deliberate. Um, I, I think, the other point that I would make is um, that um, it, when I first started to work in this area of consultation in the UK, in, it, we did advise our clients to go to the pay, payments payables departments of large companies. What then happened, and I was working with one of the largest companies in the UK, which is Tesco. We were selling to six, 1,600 different stores. They then banned any suppliers personnel from coming into their premises so so they quickly got, they quickly nailed that uh, and made it very hard for us so the methods that we advocate from from deep experience including 30 years in Singapore for for getting paid on time particularly if you're a small company no longer include going round to the customers premises clothed or unclothed uh, in order to uh, in order to collect payment so, Balji, when you went to this office um, mm -hmm. what, what was the relationship like beforehand I mean did you have an inkling that at some point maybe you had a bad gut feel that yeah I wonder whether I'm going to get paid with this customer no I didn't you know 
maybe I'm a bit naive, uh, but I didn't because, it, as I said, it was a brand name company. It was not one of your, you know, uh, small, medium-sized companies. So I didn't have an inkling at all. And also, I think I just wanted to add, I can't remember how much the money was, uh, but uh, it was not much, maybe about eight to $10,000. And because it was a project, not much. But I wanted, I was pushing for this mainly for the sake of, I mean, it's a principal issue, isn't it? Yes. It's an issue, it's an issue of principle. You know? Not that uh, uh, I don't find many people in Singapore who uh, base their decisions on principle, but that, that's, uh, that's not a subject of uh, conversation here. But I just wanted to establish a principle, not just to my staff, but to the, to the person who was supposed to pay me the money and whoever was in the, the, the reception, you know. And I told her, and I told the reception person that you know I'm coming here to get my check, which I haven't got. Yeah. But actually, it is a matter of principle, isn't it, Simon? Um, yes, yes, it is, and uh, I, it's brilliant that uh, that you're able to say these things because were you to look at our book, you would see that the first two things that we advocate are first of all that the principle of having your terms of trade taken seriously, and that's not just getting paid on time; it's delivering the product that you said you'd deliver when yep. you said you'd deliver it to an appropriate degree of quality, whether it's a physical product or whether it's, a you know, words or what it, whatever it is, and the terms of trade, when you expect to get paid. And, and, and what we have always said, and again, it's quoted back by one of our referees. I said it to him 25 years ago. I said, you've got to treat this as binary, just like every aspect of your business. You know, if you went to a customer and said, I'm going to charge you $2,000 for this, uh, and he signs a contract, and then later when it comes to pay, he says, you know what, on principle, I think on reflection, I'm only going to pay you $1,930. Uh, you'd, say, you'd say, are you nuts? But but when you've got a payment agreed of, say, 30 days, and a customer decides unilaterally to pay you, in nine, it's exactly the same thing. Yes. It's essentially changing the terms of trade in his or her favor and costing you money. And so it is, it is a principle. And the thing is to establish the principle, and not everybody does, not everybody actually explicitly calls out terms of trade at the beginning, establish the principle and stick to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on, the, on that score, Balji, um, mm -hmm. you find that because, of course, you, you are very well known in the Singapore media, uh, you continue to write very actively, you have books published on the subject. You find that being a journalist or, you know, for journalists like us, you know, who come from a background of not having any commercial influence by definition, that you were, did you find that you were at a disadvantage uh, because you, because, well, you just assumed that you were going to get paid? Uh, I didn't get your question. Uh, meaning, to, meaning to say that, you know, certainly reflecting on my own career in, 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 yeah, in television, yeah. when yeah. I left television, I found that, you know, as a journalist, you're always so keen to uh, balance the story and have all the sides of the story told. Yep. Whereas yep. as a business owner, you really need to talk your own book. You really need yep. to go into bat for yourself. And so I wonder whether your background as a journalist, whether you see that as a, as a hindrance or, or for that matter, a help for the fact that you were door stopping in a sense, door stopping this guest. No, I, I actually see that. I don't see that as a hindrance if you are talking about talking to clients, you know, uh, because I think, generally speaking, in my experience, uh, the clients respect journalists. 
they respect their views you know even though you know even though we are in singapore i think the clients still respect journalists but if your question is uh, about that because you are a journalist or ex journalist you haven't run a business uh, a business like uh, like a pr business does that mean that the client takes advantage of you if that's your question then i will say no i think by taking advantage of the journalist ex journalist may be more problematic for him right because right. as journalists i suppose every story that you write has an element of conflict uh, yes. arguably all stories you know if you don't have conflict you don't really have a story so perhaps yeah. you were more game to to stage a sit in precisely because you are insistent and principled uh, something that you brought with you from your journalism career yeah maybe maybe also yeah maybe maybe also that uh, the 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 client realized maybe that uh, if i don't pay him now he can make it a big issue in the media because yes. of my connections to media right so maybe Indeed. i don't know yeah well yeah and that's i suppose where the riabu reviews come into play uh, as well um but meantime just finally uh, balji when it comes to the pr industry often you are also a uh, a conduit for other vendors perhaps you're organizing a video production crew to come in for your client and so on yeah. often the yeah. pr industry pr agencies are the meat in the sandwich because you're waiting to be paid by your let's say multinational or brand yes, name yes. client while the pr rather the video production company wants to get paid how did you manage that being um, on the one hand receiving cash but also having to pay it yeah good good question i think in in my case most of those uh, uh, outsourced jobs right i think that's what you're saying we we do tell them to do a separate billing to the uh, client so they are not billing us but of course the advantage of billing us is that we do get a 20% or 30% a cut you know uh, but if they go direct i mean if they go direct then we don't get that cut but it, as my if my memory serves me right uh, then we were sending them to the client because we had this kind of uh, a couple of experiences which showed us that we were then not being able to pay our clients you know which is which is bad you know? mm-hmm. which is bad right so uh, and and you will create a bad name for yourself in the market yes Simon I suppose this is what you were referring to that the principle cuts both ways right it's not just the principle of getting paid on time but the principle that you should also take your suppliers payment terms seriously Simon um business in general depends on people doing what they agree to do uh and it's sad that we've moved more and more into a world where companies deliberately don't do what they've agreed to do in order to please shareholders or investors and make more money and it, it's fair to say that very large companies have become expert at finding ways to pay their suppliers later and later and the data on this is very clear whereas on the other hand smaller companies and particularly startups are prone to go bust and the single largest reason they go bust is because they run out of money very often because their suppliers are keeping them on a on very very, very short commons you know so um 
so part of the part of the reason we wrote this book, I think, Mark, is is to help those smaller companies who do not instinctively have the expertise in 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 getting paid on time uh, to understand how the bigger companies mediate these things, and to so organize themselves that they close the door to late payment because that's what it's about. It's about doing things to prevent clever companies finding reasons to pay you late. Malji, my final point to you would be about the media coverage of this issue. Because as editor, editor editor-in-chief, of course, you have your finger on the pulse of the, the sorts of stories that really make the headlines. All too often in business reporting, and certainly in my time as a CNBC anchor, I found that there was a lot of discussion about revenue, but very rarely about cash. What do you put that down to? Why is this issue, which is so central to so many business owners, that this, that this issue has not received the attention that it should? You mean the the payment, the payment yes. to the companies? Correct. I think. I think. Yeah. I I I will be uh, very frank here. I, I I still consider myself a journalist, uh, but as journalists, uh, as in my career, I, I've been a journalist for nearly forty years. Not one four, but four zero. <laughs> I will say. I will say that. Uh, uh, you said that we have a pulse on society. I disagree. You know. I don't think we have a pulse on society in Singapore. I'm talking about Singapore. We try to, uh, but uh, uh, but we still because I mean uh, maybe more now than before. Uh, journalists have become lazy. They rely on the phone. They rely on Facebook, they rely on Twitter, Instagram to get their tip-offs. They are not out there talking to people. So I don't think they have, they understand the common man's problems, you know. And uh, talking about uh, cash, uh, as, a, as a cash payment of care, uh, cash payment or check payment to, to clients, it's it's an industry that the, the, the journalists uh, are not interested in, you know whether it is, uh, th- that's not what they're interested in. And secondly, to get information, to get the people who are being uh, treated this way, to get them to talk is also very difficult. Because nobody wants, uh, very few you know, will want to go on record because of fear that they will get punished, not by, if not by this client, by some other client. You know? Or oh, this, this is a troublesome uh, person or troublesome company. Let's try and avoid that. So it could be that. Yes, I'm certain there is something to that. Final comments from uh, Simon and uh, yes, Balji. and uh, yeah, Balji, fantastic. I mean, I, I sense we could have a very long conversation about this. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a writer. I'm a writer as well, and for 30 years I've been writing for different papers around Asia, all all about business. Mm-hmm. And I would agree, we've got very lazy. I, 30 years ago, I used to go and meet people and make notes. You know, now I now I now I interview them over the phone and record it. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, you know, that's definitely lazier. But but on the question of getting paid, it's interesting. If you do the analysis, you'll find that the largest companies that are the biggest offender in in terms of paying smaller companies slower are first of all uh, number some of the best known multinationals who pride themselves on their socially responsible credentials you know ho hum but also and i'm sorry to say this in singapore and elsewhere a number of government related companies are particularly egregious in terms of how they behave so i under- i totally take your point that the people that suffer from this are not necessarily going to be ready to talk about it for fear that it puts them in in a very difficult spot and you know again that's one of the things that we're trying to do we're trying to help smes 
we're trying to out this issue, if you like, because it's an existential issue for SMEs. I mean, you may not know this, but this year, Singapore is going to have the third highest rate of bankruptcy in the world for mm -hmm. companies. Uh, and many of them will be SMEs. And many, many of those who are, who are going under will be going under because of cash flow issues because they're not being paid. Uh, so we're trying to out this. We're trying to create a sense of social responsibility and perhaps to move the dial a little bit in favor of those small, hardworking companies and, of course, uh, journalistic uh, editorial people like yourself. <laughs> I think that's a very good point you just made. And uh, I, I would just add on to that. Uh, uh, my, my suspicion is that the, it is not the people right at the top in the companies that are that are doing this. It's somewhere in the middle, you know, who are preparing the invoices, and uh, you know that there, there are so many steps for the for the invoice to be cleared. Yes. And then, and, and you know, I mean, in in uh, 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 in my case, in journalism, when a story is passed from the reporter to the uh, news editor, to the sub-editor, to the night editor, everyone that gets to see the copy wants to make a change or wants to ask a question because he or she feels that if he didn't, then I wouldn't have done my job. <laughs> so so yes. you have this situation. The same way in a company, you, you, tra you transplant that into a company. So everyone will want to ask a question. Did you get the name right? You know, I check, but I don't think this is the name, you know. And then it goes on and goes on and goes on, goes to the person who has to sign the check. And I found, I, I'm not sure where the practice is on now, but you have to get two signatories. And 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 these people, the, the, the underlings, are also frightened to go and ask for signatures. They must... I, they must yeah, sorry, I go ahead. I completely concur with that, only I think... Uh, you, your your view is a rather generous view because having worked as a consultant <laughs> advising advising companies on how to husband their cash, mm. they uh, the companies deliberately create Chinese walls between yep. the people who are buying procuring the service. And Mark and I know this very well. We have we have very friendly customers who love what we do who are actually really embarrassed when they discover that they can't influence the payment behavior of the companies that they mm -hmm. work for. Mm -hmm. It gets handed over the fence to a department whose job is not to procure services it's to husband cash to the maximum extent possible uh and, and you're, if you're not at the top of their list then you don't get paid and you know that's that's become increasingly a part of business culture as increasingly analysts look at uh, free cash flow uh, as a prime driver of share price so so uh it's it's a it's a structural issue but it needs to be challenged yeah yep i agree with you 100 percent Alji, thank you very much for helping us challenge this thank issue you. today. Thanks. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Mark. And all the best for your future and, uh, and, writing and endeavors. Alji, thank and, you. Uh, yeah. And Jinsan, too. Thank you very much. Yes. Jinsan has, has been very quiet. Tan Jinsan is our, our producer who's making sure that our podcast all gets uh, recorded properly. Thank you both, both for okay, your time. Thank you very much. And if you okay. have uh, your own story to tell, please be sure to contact our service at riabu.com. Sure. We'd be very keen to hear your story. And perhaps like Balji, you'd also like to join us on the podcast and uh, tell us your story and how you overcame your payment issues.